Hey guys, welcome to Tikva. It's Sophie and Annie. I'm really excited because yes. this is our first like episode episode where we talk about things. Yeah, Sophie and I have been talking about, we've been having conversations, just like good conversations for so long and at one point we were like, hey, we should start a podcast and here we are with our first podcast, which is crazy. So exciting. So today, to kick things off, we're talking about the little prince. Yay, children's stories. <laughs> I bet you didn't see that coming, but <laughs> I love the little prince with all of my heart. Yeah. All of it. So, just basic intro to it. It is a classic children's story, which I did not read until this year, so that's really sad for me. But it's classic. It's well known. It's written by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I do not speak French, so I probably didn't pronounce that right, but it was my best effort. It was written in 1943, and he was a French aviator who, fun fact of the day, disappeared while flying over the Mediterranean Sea, which... I just feel like it's super cool. Like, what a way to go. Annie doesn't agree with me. She's making weird faces at me, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I just don't like fantasize over cool ways of death, but that's okay, Sophie, <laughs> if that's you. We'll talk about it after this gets done. Okay. <laughs> fantasize feels a little extreme, but whatever. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about the Netflix adaptation, and that came out in 2015. So... Basic overview of the story. We've got two different things going here. We've got the book and then we've got Netflix because they did a little extra because that's Netflix. So just to run through briefly the story in the book, there is an aviator and he's this really imaginative kid um, when he's little and he tries to put these tests to these grown-ups and we'll talk about this more. But he grows up and he ends up crashing in the desert. And while he's in the desert, he encounters this little kid called the Little Prince. And they start to have these conversations, and the Little Prince ends up telling him his story. And the Little Prince is from this planet, which we would call an asteroid. It's pretty small. He lives there. Um, he takes care of it. He loves to watch the sunrise and the sunset, especially the sunset. And he ends up having this rose. And so he takes care of this rose, but she is pretty vain and they start to have conflict because they don't know how to love each other well. And so he decides he's going to leave. And so he leaves and he goes to several different planets and encounters these different kinds of grown-ups. And his takeaway every time is that grown-ups are very weird and they're very strange and he doesn't understand them. Grown-ups are weird. I am on the eve of becoming a grown-up and I would agree. They're weird. I don't want to be one. It's insane. Crazy. <laughs> so then the little prince ends up in on Earth in the middle of Africa, close to this desert. And he has a couple different adventures there. He meets a snake, he meets a fox, and he tames the fox and they become close. He realizes that there are all these other roses and he has kind of this conundrum, like, is my rose really special? And he works through that and we'll talk about that a little bit more too. And then of course he encounters the aviator. They have this bond, these conversations, and then the little prince decides that it's time to go home. And so he has the snake bite him on the ankle and we don't know if he really made it home or if he just died. That's kind of left open to interpretation, which is interesting. I don't know what I think about it. Maybe it's some combination of both is what happens to him. So that's the story of the book. It's really interesting, very much like a fairy tale sort of story because there's talking animals, all these different things. And then the Netflix adaptation 
has that story and then it adds on this other layer. So it basically um, adds on the aviator as an old man. He's living in this town and he meets this girl, this little girl and her mother. So the little girl kind of becomes a central character of the Netflix adaptation. And her mom wants her to get into this really good school called Worth Academy. And so she has this whole life plan mapped out for her, especially for the summer of like how she's going to spend every single minute of the day in preparation so she can go there and she can learn skills to be essential to this city that she lives in. And it's a very uniform place, but she and meeting the old aviator and through learning the little princess story and just through the fun that they have together, she kind of learns what it means to be a kid again and to play and to really live. And they have this really special cool bond now like the second half or at the very least the last 30 minutes of the movie kind of derails you don't really have to keep watching after that point because netflix added on a whole nother stuff and they lost the train of thought but before <laughs> it gets to that point it's really cool i promise so that's kind of the basics of the story now why would we talk about a story <laughs> Yeah, Sophie, why would we talk about a story? Besides the fact that you have 50 billion books. <laughs> I do. We're looking at my books right now. I am obsessed with stories. And so every time we want to talk about something that relates to finding hope through understanding the Lord's heart for his people and his world. And so I think, and his world definitely plays into this mm -hmm. uh, because this is just the beauty of what has been created. Like stories are just, they're a part of our world. Stories are written into the fabric of our universe. I mean, we're living in a story. And mm -hmm. so I think it's important to like work through those and understand them and just sometimes just stop and immerse ourselves and soak in the wonder of a good story because it's something that's been created. And it's something that's been created by one of God's people that mm -hmm. he created. And so when we tell stories and when we read stories, we're partaking in this creative process yeah. that God has done by speaking this whole crazy thing that we're living in into existence and it, then stepping into it, which is cool. It's also interesting that you mentioned that, like, stories are so, like, such an integral part of our life because our brains, too, are, like, wired to, like, make things, like, a narrative, make things a story. Mm -hmm. So that's so interesting that, like, not only, like, is the, like, place that we're living in, like, a story, but, like, our brains are, like, naturally wired to, like, put things into, like, a story form. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a public relations major, and so everything that we talk about is, like, how are we communicating in story form because that's how people will connect mm -hmm. and how they're, like, they'll like your company or whatever, but really, like, they'll just connect with who you are um, yeah. as a business and that kind of stuff, which is super cool. And so... That's, I think, the primary thing, but also this book really does dive into, like, relationships between people and animals and nature, and I think it can correlate as well to our relationship um, with God, and it ties in the imagination, and I think our God is an imaginative God, and he's given us the imagination, and it's important to have imagination, and then it really talks about what is really good, what's the definition of good, and what really matters as well. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's such a good story. <laughs> um, So... I think we'll just kind of run through some themes and just talk about it. Yeah. That's cool. So, I would say very much the overarching theme of the book is this child versus grown-up mentality. So, the movie talks a lot about what do you want to be when you grow up. That's the focus. That's this question that the girl is given when she's applying to go to Worth Academy. And she doesn't have a good answer because she's like eight. So who really knows for sure what they want to be when they grow up? I wanted to be a princess. 
Wow. You are a princess, so. <laughs> Thanks, Sophie. Sophie told me before this, we were joking, she said, Annie, 99% of this podcast is going to be me gassing you up. And I said, hey, welcome to Annie's Ego Trip. Um, But that is not truth. We want to talk <laughs> about Jesus, not Annie. But it's fun. But right now we're talking about Annie, so that's pretty cool. Um, and there's all of this emphasis at Worth Academy of being essential. To like be a grown up is to be essential to the continuation of your city. But everything's very uniform. It's not like a really cool city. It's kind of boring. Uh, and then the book talks about this fact that every time that this kid sees this adult, um, he meets like this king who honestly rules actually rules nothing. He meets this sort of this businessman who counts the stars and says he owns these stars, but there's no point. Like, how does one own stars? You're not enriching anything. You're not creating anything. And every time his takeaway is that grown-ups are very strange, which, like we said, <laughs> I really agree with this. And I think it's very interesting, and I think it's important to reflect on this. There's not, like, being grown-up isn't a bad thing, mm-hmm. obviously. There's lots of wisdom that comes with growing older, but I think, again, like, why does Jesus talk so much about having yeah. this childlike faith and mentality? Mm-hmm. I think it's because children are full of wonder and yeah. they can more easily see what's most important in life. Yeah. They don't get bogged down um, by finances and all those sorts of things. Important things, but not, like, the most yeah. important. I think that is so important that, like, children, like, recognize, like, what is the most important thing and, like, when Jesus talks about, like, having faith like a child, like, Mm -hmm. that faith is just, like, so all in, and, like, they just, like, believe, and, like, they don't think about, like, well, what about that, like, it's, like, fully, like, bought into who Jesus is, and I just think that's so important, because as an adult, like, I mean, I feel like I can talk on it a little bit, because I'm Mm -hmm. almost an adult approaching that life season, but it's just, like, you have so many things, like, you're so busy, you're so, like, I don't know, caught up in everything. So, like, as a child, like, you just get to focus on what, like, you have. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. have all these other things. And so, I don't know. That's really cool. That's a really cool point. It is really cool. And I think, like, children, it's easier to, like, have this sold out, if you will, I guess, or wholehearted abandonment for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just easier for children to see things clear because you don't have all the other things vying for your attention. Um, Another theme that it talks about is what does it mean to really live? Mm. and that's something that I've thought a lot about and it plays a lot into my own writing which is very interesting but we have this contrast especially in the movie where the girl's mom thinks what it means to live is to be essential to um to provide to live in this specific house in this suburban neighborhood and have this car and accomplish this 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 and this um she doesn't really ask why you should have all of those things, mm-hmm. but she just does. So you have this life plan that maps out the girls every moment. I mean, literally, like it takes up a whole wall and it's like boom, 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 boom of all the things that she has to do versus you have this crazy eccentric old man next door and every other house looks exactly the same, but his, his is wild. There's lots of vegetation. There's lots of trees, which is very interesting I just thought of this literally in this moment. This difference between the very sterile side versus a a side full of trees. And And trees always represent life. Yeah. Life and growth. And so this girl, after he, after the old man accidentally breaks the fence, this girl crawls through this fence and this tunnel of greenery into this whole new world where she learns to live by playing and imagining and having fun. 
Yeah. I feel like that represents, like, freedom. Like, the freedom mm-hmm. in Christ of just, like, being in, like, the world that he created and loving people that he created and just, like, I don't know. God's mind is so vast, and I think we're going to talk about, like, his imagination in a little bit, but, like, his mind mm-hmm. is so vast, and, like, he's created this world, like, for us to, like, be here and so like, by glorifying him and, like, experiencing the world instead of just, like, like, yes, like, a plan is good, but also, like, just, like, experiencing what he's created. Like, I think that is so important and, like, the freedom right. that he gives us to just, like, be here and, like, be who he created us to be, like, mm-hmm. fully, not the person that he created, not, like, the person who has the right job and makes the right amount of money, but, like, being the person that he created you to be to, like, further his kingdom and, like, maybe that looks like you count the stars or maybe that looks like you um, do something that, like, people would think is, like, why are they doing that? But, like, no, like, there's a purpose and I don't know. I just think it's really cool. I was talking with one of our, um, she's kind of, like, a mentor with us. She's just really great and we were talking about heaven and Sophie might hate me if this gets off topic, but we were talking (laughs) about, like, human like how God created us to be and we were talking about what we would be doing in heaven and she was like I we started off talking about like God created us to work like that was something that he like he put like Adam and Eve in charge of like tending to like the greenery and like the stuff in the garden that he'd given them and so she's like we were talking about how like in heaven we think we are gonna like have like jobs but not to the point of like how in like our culture now like we get run down and like Mm -hmm. hate our jobs or it's, like, an obligation, but, like, we get to, um, God has created this, like, specific job. Like, we were just dreaming about heaven. We don't know what it's going to be like, but, like, we're, like, what if he's, like, created this, like, specific job that, like, is only filled by, like, the unique, uniqueness of us, like, the only, like, the, like, really unique, like, things that he's put in us. Like, there's one job, like, specifically for that that we get to fulfill in heaven, so I think that's, like, super indicative of, like, that's how we should be living on earth. Like, we should be living, like, to fulfill, like, the unique need that, like, he's created on this earth with us of, like, the specific gifts and stuff instead of, like, trying to fit this mold of, like, what we should be. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And I think really what this difference comes down to is asking the question why. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, there's, like, being an accountant, for example, is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, especially if you love numbers, people love being accountants. Not everybody, I'm sure. But, like, that's a good thing. But I think, like, that's equally worthwhile, and being a painter is equally mm-hmm. worthwhile. Yeah. And so, I think we can fall into this danger of emphasizing one over the other. Yeah. And I think, like, right now, our current culture emphasizes mm-hmm. the essential one mm-hmm. more than the other. Yeah. And so, I think maybe that's why we have more of these sorts of conversations. But I think it's both just, it's just really cool to ask yourself, like, what is the purpose I'm doing this? Am I bringing forth my gifts that God's given me? Like, am I living out what he's designed me to do or am I just following Mm -hmm. along someone else's life plan for me? Yeah, Sophie, I wonder, we don't have to talk about this now, but I think it's just a good point to make. Like, I wonder if, like, our tendency to, like, place a hierarchy of, like, jobs and, like, what is Mm -hmm. essential, what isn't, is what can this person in their job do for me? Oh, yeah. Like, what can they offer me? Because it's, like, like, a painter, like, yeah, they can give me a painting, but, like, the accountant can, like, handle my money. What does a fi- what does an accountant do? accountant do? Do they do finances? Like, they can do my taxes, like, whatever. <laughs> like, that's more important to me. Like, I want them to do that for me. Whereas, like, a painting, it just, like, isn't that necessary to me. So, I think, a, I wonder if a lot yeah. of it goes through the perspective of, like, what can they do for me? Definitely. I think that plays into it for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. That's cool. Um, 
And I think another thing that another theme that the little prince brings out is just this notion of wonder. Mm, like the yeah. little prince, he's just always so happy mm-hmm. and he's just always filled with wonder. Like he will sit there on his little planet and he'll watch sunset and then because it's so small he could just move his chair a little bit and watch another sunset. And like he just does this and he never gets tired of soaking up this beauty that is the world we live in. Yeah. And I think that in many ways we've lost this sense of wonder. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, honestly, what a shame it is that we don't just look outside of the trees and be like, holy cow, like, the Lord created this tree mm-hmm. with these leaves. Like, like I, I'm looking at a tree now, that's why I said tree. But, like, he created this, like, scenery right now because he knew that, like, I was going to be sitting here, like, looking at it. And he was like, Annie would love the way that this looks right, this looks right now. Like, he loved us so much. And, like, he... I don't know, there's just so many cool things and, like, wonder when you think about, like, our bodies and our cells and the way our bodies work or, like, Mm -hmm. the way that, like, trees and, like, the way if you're in a forest, like, they don't touch so you can see the sun. It's just so many things that he's Mm -hmm. created for us to, like, recognize in so many times. I think we're, like, walking, like, with our heads down, like, looking at our phones or, like, into our stuff that we forget to, like, look up and, like, acknowledge all of the things around us. I'm, like, getting into this right now. It's really funny. Or, like... (laughs) Even the same with, like, people, like, we forget to, like, wonder about, like, who is this person? Like, God created this person in his image. Mm-hmm. I would love to know their story. Like, like learning about them and I think wonder plays into, like, loving people and loving loving God. Like, loving God. Like, wondering mm-hmm. of, like, just being in awe of his creation, like, of the earth and of people. Like, that is in itself, like, glorifying God and, like, bringing glory because we're, like, thankful for who he is. Exactly. I think wonder bestows this sense of gratefulness in yeah. our hearts to mm. God. Yeah, gratitude gratitude is so important. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, look at all this craziness he did that he didn't have to do, but yeah. he made this world beautiful mm-hmm. in a place where we can go and gaze upon the mountains and just let our mouths drop open and all. Yeah, and even, it doesn't have to be, like, natural things, like buildings and paintings and music so and everything like God created mm-hmm. those people and he gave them those gifts even if they're not using it at that point to like glorify the Lord like he still created those people and he is the reason that they have those um mm-hmm. like thoughts and those images and those like abilities to do those amazing things so just I don't know I think the world could just use a lot more wonder I definitely think so that's good oh I love the concept of wonder um but little prince also dives into good yeah. Like, what is really good? Are we finding our idea of good intrinsically and in something that is, like, inherently good in and of itself? Or are we finding something good with a utilitarian value? Which is kind of what you talked about of, like, what can this do for me? Mm-hmm. Like, is something good because it accomplishes something? Or is it good because it's just naturally good? Mm-hmm. Like, they've, good. they've transformed... <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> they've transformed the academy they've transformed this whole notion of learning like the point of learning is for you to be an essential worker but learning is not something that's good in and of itself and that's a problem um versus the little prince is able to just he's able to soak up the goodness of the rose he's able to soak up the goodness of the world around him he's able to soak up the goodness of the aviator or of the fox and he just I don't know. I think he just sits in there and what is intrinsically valuable in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Which I think little kids do that more than adults. Yeah. Like, for sure. I don't know. I'm just, like, looking... So if you're talking about, like, good and just, like, saying, like, it's good because it's good, like, makes me think about... um, 
in the creation story where it's like God created this and saw that it was good. Mm-hmm. And it's like that was it. He didn't say like because of this. Like he was like this is good. Yes. That's such a great point. I don't know. Didn't have me think about it. And the fact is like God is the ultimate good. Yeah. Like he is good. He is the definition of good. He is good in and of himself. He's not good because he can do all these other things. He just is good. Yeah. I think it's also important when we talk about God's goodness to understand that, like, his definition of good is different than ours. Like, God is good. Like, right now, God is good during the midst of a pandemic and a lot of divide. And it's, like, people, like, not believers and even believers, like, sometimes myself, I'm like, God, how can you be good, like, when all this crazy stuff is happening? And it's, like, no, like, God, first of all, didn't, like, doesn't cause, like, God isn't, God is good. So, like, his definition of good is, like, perfect and that, like, the, like, brokenness of this world, like, can't taint his goodness. And, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. affect his goodness because it's, like, no, like, it'll never change. I don't know if that made sense. But that's, like, Sophie, do you see where my head is kind of going? Yeah, yeah. I okay. I, yeah, I catch it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love the good. Um, and then relationships. I mean, I think it's cool how much the Little Prince dives into relationships. Um, you have this whole concept of taming. So when the little prince meets the fox, he's like, oh, can we be friends? And the fox is like, we can't be friends yet. Like, you have to tame me first and then we can play together. And this whole concept of taming something or someone is to make someone yours, to befriend them. Um, It gives the foxes that it gives meaning and specialness to what would otherwise be ordinary things. So like relationships are these like intentional actions that take time, it takes patience, um, and you take on this responsibility as well to make someone yours, and then they become really special. Because this is something that the little prince has to work through with the rose. When he realizes that there are, like, all these other roses in the world, and his isn't the only one, he thinks, wait a second, is my rose not special? Mm -hmm. And the fox is like, no, 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 because you put in the time and the effort to build a relationship Mm -hmm. with your rose, that makes her so much more Mm -hmm. unique and special to you. Yeah. Which I think is, I mean, I know it's something I see with my friends, you know, like obviously there's a special bond that I have with people I've taken the time to build friendships with Mm -hmm. than with other people. And it's such like a necessary part of life Mm -hmm. to have these relationships and to seek them out and to take the time and patience to build them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Which is just cool. It's just fun how it applies to so many different things in this one little children's story. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Oh, so cool. Now, I think, I mean, I love talking about wonder, but I think imagination might be my favorite thing. (laughs) So... Both the Little Prince, the book, and um, the movie start off with this, with the aviator as a kid. He draws um, an elephant that, or sorry, a snake that has swallowed an elephant. And it's like, I guess you could call it like a crude drawing. You know, like you can't see everything. And so he would show it around to adults to see what they said. And they were like, and he'd ask them, are you scared? And they're like, why would we be scared of a hat? Because the adults just, they couldn't, they didn't have the imagination to see that what this really was, was a snake that had swallowed an entire elephant. And then later on, when he encounters the little prince, the little prince asks for a drawing of a sheep. And so he draws all these different sheep, and the little prince is like, no, I don't like that. So finally, he draws a box with holes in it, and he says, your sheep is inside. 
And the little prince is like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Like, this is what I want. And grown-ups, adults are like, sorry, what? There's no sheep there. That's just a box. Like, how could you really... If you don't have imagination, you just can't make that connection. And so I just felt like this was so cool because honestly, I don't think that... Like, I think right now this doesn't just apply to adults. I think this applies to kids too because... This is about to turn into a rant. But I think... (laughs) I think we don't... We don't emphasize imagination. Mm -hmm. I mean, we give people screens since they're really, really small. And, like, if everybody is just playing games or watching TV, they're not having this ability to sit and be alone or be with a sibling or friend or whatever and cultivate an imagination. Like, have to think of something to play on your own. I don't think every kid naturally does this to an extent, but I think we're limiting it more and more and more. And then by the time we become adults, we're so busy. This goes back to, like, especially here in America, our busyness. <laughs> like, we're so busy that we don't have margin and time to imagine. Yeah. To, like, sit and wonder, like, oh, maybe something's going on. Like, I don't know, maybe something will walk through those trees that I didn't expect. Or, honestly, any sort of thing. And imagination is crucial, I think, just to a healthy life. Yeah. Um, it's just good to imagine. It's good to stretch that muscle um if you will but then also like kind of like you talked about we don't know what heaven or more specifically like the new earth Mm -hmm. will look like yeah but our hope is based in this concept of the resurrection yeah and so we have to have some sort of imagination for it like if we're going to really have hope we've been given some very like limited details about what it looks like Mm -hmm. but I think it's such a joyful thing to imagine because obviously it's going to supersede what our imaginations can comprehend. Yeah. But it's a really good thing to like imagine it because then I think it puts our thoughts on it and that restructures, reorients how we live our life now. Yeah. Because we're able to see, like when we use our imagination to think about that, we're able to more clearly see what is important right here and right now versus getting caught up in the whole life plan. That's only a life plan because culture and society says it, it mm-hmm. should be. But that's not like reflecting what God has said is important, um, or is not kingdom oriented, mm-hmm. which is just <laughs> so cool. Like, I just love the imagination. I think I would die if I didn't have an imagination. No, yeah, and I think too, just thinking about like how big God's mind is. Like, when you think mm-hmm. about all the different people on the earth and all the different, all their different minds and the way they think and opinions and things, I think that just, like, represents how big God's mind is. So, like, yes. we only have, like, a little fraction of that in our mind. So, like, just think about how, like, big and, like, the way that we imagine, but, like, think about how, like, much bigger, like, God has to be imaginative to, like, create mm-hmm. all of this. I don't know. I just think it's great and I could just, like, I mean, absolutely. I like, look at some of the animals that yeah. exist in the world. Like, you have to have imagination. Y'all, like a that. sloth? Uh, yes. Or, like, a whale? Like, what? <laughs> what? Or a turtle. A turtle. Like, what? A kangaroo. A kangaroo. Oh, that would have oh, get me. Oh, have y'all good. seen... Y'all should watch, like, the videos of, like, where you can see inside a kangaroo's pouch. And then you're like, God, you were wild in when you did that. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's just so cool. And so I think... 
like when we imagine we're taking part in this creative process that God has already initiated, mm-hmm. like we're becoming more like him when we imagine. Yeah. I almost wonder if it's like to like a way to glorify him by imagining. Oh, I definitely think it is. Cause I mean, he created us in his image yeah. and part of that is imagination. Yeah. Hey, image is in the word imagination. Oh my goodness. You know, it's good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh no, it's so that's that was good. That was funny. Um, so just to wrap it up, uh, I think one of the really cool like final themes, uh, if you will, that we haven't as much touched on in the Little Prince is it talks about contributing something meaningful to the mm-hmm. world. So like you have this these characters of these grown ups like this king, this drunkard, this businessman. Not that all businessmen are bad. Like. <laughs> Obviously, there are many business... Bye, Terry. <laughs> That's the business school at UGA, if you don't know. Yeah, businessmen can obviously, and women can obviously contribute so much to the world. But this specific businessman character in this, um, they do nothing. Like, he counts the stars, but he doesn't do anything with the stars. He just counts them. Yeah. And that's pretty... I mean, that's pointless if you're not going to do something about it. The drunkard, obviously, like, he's not really doing anything um, with his life. And the king says that he rules stuff, but he says that he rules the sunsets. So the prince is like, order me a sunset. And the king is like, okay, in 12 hours, the stars will obey me. But that's just a natural course of time. So you have these guys in comparison to the one grown-up that the prince did like was a lamp lighter. Because when he lights the lamp, he adds a star to the world. So he's contributing something beautiful and something meaningful. And so I think it's really cool as we go out into our lives and especially like when you're a grown-up you can impact the world more like there's more things you can do than when you're a child and so Mm -hmm. I think asking ourselves a question of like how are we contributing something meaningful to the world and how we live our life on a daily basis through our jobs but through our relationships through every single facet of our life like how are we contributing something yeah that's good this was good. This is a good first podcast. Yeah. So I, like, I think it's good anyway. I had fun. That's all we care about. Exactly. We're having a good time <laughs> talking about everything. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Catch us on our next one and enjoy our little outro music by Cloudland. Yes. We love Cloudland. So great. Check them out on Spotify, Apple Music. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Bye, you guys. Bye. I miss my house, but not my home, because my home is by my side.